Good morning. Welcome to It's a Religion, the podcast that seeks to encourage you in your faith, encourage uh, folks toward the love and uh, glory of Jesus Christ, the one who made all this, who created everything, who sustains everything, and who is coming back to reclaim it all at some point. And our premise is easy. It's You can either follow him or uh, one of many other things that you can fill in that blank with because you're going to follow something. You're going to worship something. You're going to be part of something on this earth because there's only two ways to think about how we got here. Either we were created or we weren't. So we will come together someday in the end at his feet and you'll either be accepted into his kingdom because you have made that choice to accept what he did for you or you'll be separated from him forever and i can't imagine the emptiness of that feeling at the moment it happens but we come to you live from the uh, this is ehud son of dennis you can reach us at ehud at it's a religion.org we come to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, with liberty and uh, justice for some. You know, for those that that are connected, those that are part of the establishment, uh, they do not have to come to justice. They don't have to worry about it unless somebody else in the establishment turns on them and has more power and authority than they do, and then they might be in trouble. But other than that, they're pretty secure, as long as they told the line. And uh, we got some interesting, one interesting story that hit me this morning um, that we'll get to in a bit. But one of our premises, we start with the Word of God. We started in Genesis back in January, and now we are up to Second Samuel in the Bible. Now, uh, the Old Testament of the Bible uh does a lot to talk about our history. Um, we believe that Genesis is an accurate historical account of how we got here and what the purpose was for creation from God. And uh, within that creation, we see sin enter the world, and then we uh, go forward from there to see an example by God of this idea that sin is bondage and he shows us the Israelites and how they are in bondage in Egypt and then God brings them out with a mighty hand and and it's a precursor to Jesus Christ coming to this earth and then we go through the whole rest of the Old Testament is going to be about the lineage of Jesus Christ and how he came into the world and uh, the the purpose um, of him coming into the world and why he needed to do that to save us from ourselves because we could not do it ourselves. You know, God destroyed the world once with a flood, um, saved Noah and his family. And then uh, we see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And like I said, Israel. And we are up to second Samuel, which is where David King David is uh, ascends to the throne. He's been running around trying to avoid Saul for the last few chapters of first samuel and then saul and his uh sons die and there's only one uh left which was as shibosheth 
something like that. Anyway, in 2 Samuel, after the death of Saul, um, David gets anointed king um, and eventually is anointed king over both sides. Uh, Judah and Israel. There are two basic tribes or two areas of, of Israel now. you got Judah and Benjamin, if I'm right, and then the rest of Israel. Uh, and so there's a little bit of a, of a <clears throat> difference between the two, and we're going to see how that comes about later um, when they split up. But So we get through there, and David's subduing his enemies and so on and so forth um and it says uh and david reigned over all israel and david executed judgment and justice unto all people and so he was was uh exhibiting the offices of the king and judging folks situations things like that and I, you know, it's it's interesting to to me at this point. We don't understand what it's like to be under the rule of a king in this country, at least in the in America. We we've never had a sovereign. We've never had a uh, a situation like that. So people have a hard time understanding the absolute authority of a king. And that, you know, when you're in front of a king, if he says, you know what, cut this guy's head off, you're dead. You're done. That's it. Um, but you know, David was ruling his people in a way that was pleasing to God, apparently. Um, and then he he actually, he says in chapter 9, And David said, Is there yet any left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Because he really uh, uh, had a strong relationship with Jonathan. Mephibosheth was the guy. that He was the son of Jonathan, so Saul's grandson. Um, and so he's nice to Mephibosheth. Um, and they're still warring a little bit. And then you get into uh, chapter 11, where David commits the sin with Bathsheba. And the guy's got like probably 100 wives at this point. It's not like he needs another wife. But David had, you know, he was a sinner too, just like the rest of us. It says he was a man after God's own heart, so he was was a repentant sinner. And even here we see uh, the Lord sends Nathan to David to to talk to him about his sin with with um, Bathsheba. And you know, eventually, though, uh, that's where Samuel comes from, and that you know, Samuel's in the line of Christ. He, he was the son of David who took over the kingship and built God's temple. So God can use the most broken situations for something good. And that's a consistent theme in the Bible, a consistent theme in in the lives of the people that uh, God works with and uses to bring Christ into the world. And even the, the people that, that Jesus took under his wing were not, you know, rock stars. They weren't the guys running the society at the time. And, you know, we see this in, in our struggles today, uh, the elites versus just the regular common people. You know, a bunch of truckers up in Ottawa are giving the elites a, a hard time. And the world is watching 
because of the communication ability that people have now, um, how the Canadian government responds to this. And I, people are waking up all over this planet and realizing what's going on here. That you have an elite society that is trying to separate itself from the common people and going back to almost feudalism. It, it's, it's really interesting. But here in Second Samuel 15, we still have a king. Uh, David was a little past the top of the hill. Behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him in a couple donkeys. And uh, there's some different stuff going on with Mephibosheth in 16. Um, and then you get to a point where David gets in trouble with the Lord. He's numbering the people, and he gets kind of prideful, <clears throat> and God chastises him for that. And then we have a bit of a famine. And again, some of this stuff is basic, just basic historical uh, things during the life of David. But that's another thing, like I've said before about the Bible, that it, there's eyewitness accounts to all this stuff. It's not like people were writing this, these things down and they never happened. You know, there was there was a uh, again. You know, which one's a fantasy, folks? Millions of years and a bowl of soup, or hey, this stuff was passed down generation to generation, and we have people that were there that saw what happened. You know, Adam and Eve were there, <clears throat> excuse me, at creation. Nobody else was. And Adam didn't show up till day six. He didn't, didn't know how God did it before that. But, but he was there. He saw. He saw God uh, make Eve out of his rib. So, in... So at the end of Second Samuel, we get to a point where David's numbering people again, and he invokes the anger of the Lord. And uh, but in the end, the very last verse says this: "And David built there an altar unto the Lord, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was implored for the land, and the plague was stayed from Israel." And so that's a pretty constant theme with David. He's uh, does something dumb or does something good and he builds an altar unto the Lord and offers burnt offerings and peace offerings. And so it's something that uh, that God apparently, I believe, appreciates about David that, again, he knows God is king. He knows God is the authority. He knows that God, uh, he doesn't have any success without God. And ultimately, God is in control of, of all that he does. And so he submits that to the Lord, I think, on a, on a regular basis, which I believe is is why um, it's named that he is such a friend of God and someone after the heart of God, if you will. So let's take a... That's, that's a good summary, I think, of Second of Samuel... Um, you know, Israel is one kingdom at this point. Um, we're going to see that break apart in, in the book of Kings next when Solomon takes over. Um, <clears throat> and it's a good thing. 
you know, David, the story of David, we see a shepherd boy become king of Israel and is, for the most part, a very faithful man, a faithful king, one who loves God, but is not without failure, right? But he does repent of his failure, and he loses a son out of it. His first son with Bathsheba was uh, the Lord took. So, but that is, you know, the line of Christ and the throne of David is what uh, is said to be Christ's throne. And he will rule. And he's going to come back and rule for a thousand years, the Bible says, which is, it's crazy to think about. Backers of Freedom Convoy cite overcoming communism in their support of Canadian truckers. And I think that's what's, you know, I was talking to my wife about this last night. What, how did communism come back? You know, when you, you back up in 1980, I was around in 1989 when Reagan basically killed communism. And the work that he did in the eight years that he was president, um, basically broke communism's back and showed the the fallacy of communism and the the um not the perfectness because you know let's face it there's no perfect economic system but capitalism has always outperformed uh communism and socialism uh capitalism a free market a free economy has always been the best way to advance in society the it's going to raise the most boats it's going to raise the most uh, or potential in a moral society, one that, that takes care of its poor at a local level, not at a national level. Again, I don't think anybody should have implemented, uh, implemented, um, social security. I don't think anybody should have implemented, uh, half of the things the federal government's doing are unconstitutional in my view. I, you know, the, the, Federal government was supposed to be a very limited enterprise. And we see its expansive, uh, you know, again, 31,000 people working at the CDC. I don't care how big of a society we are. We don't need that many people telling us how to handle diseases. I mean, we see what a disaster this COVID thing's been. When they're all over the map, and they can't get out of their own way half the time. And the pharmaceuticals own all of them anyway at this point. It's... You know, I saw a thing last night. Pharmaceutical companies are great at creating customers, not creating cures. There's no such thing as a pharmaceutical cure. You have some vaccines that have produced some value in our society. I'm not going to debate that. But to say that they all do, I think is laughable without any uh, issues for people. And the way that they're forcing these vaxes on people, you know, I just saw a story in Australia opening up to vaccinated people. Why? Look at the data, people. The vaxxed have no greater immunity to this thing than anybody, than anything. I mean, it's a joke. But yet the elites, again, that's that's the battle here. You have elites versus the common man. And the elites want everybody locked down. They want everybody to get to be forced vaccinated people. And I don't, you know, I don't know if there's a sinister thing going on here that uh, says that they're trying to kill everybody, uh, or if it's just simply a uh, a money thing, you know, because people get money. I mean, that's you look at all the 
COVID statistics, and I think they're oversold by many, many thousands because the hospitals got money for claiming that somebody was in for COVID. And this is a problem with the single-payer situation, right? When you get into the government controlling everything, if you have bad people in the government, guess what happens? So, I, you know, the fact that people want to give government more control over their lives is an anathema because people are evil, especially when they get power. So I don't know that absolute power corrupts absolutely, but I think there's a lot... that we will not, uh, I lost my train of thought. There you go. As I get older, my mind does that. So, oh, really? Um, Sorry about that. Here are all the times the Biden administration has called for tech censorship. You got one, two, three, four. And that's specifically from the White House. Now, I don't know that... I've never heard Donald Trump try and cancel the other side. He's called out the other side for their hypocrisy or called them out for their own disinformation. But... This is what communists do, folks. They have to control the narrative. They have to control what you hear. Um, because if they don't, and you hear the actual truth of what's going on, um, that's a problem. Because people then wake up and go, wait a minute, I don't want that. The GoFundMe cancellation of the trucker's money should make you all aware of how a cashless society will work. The government gets mad at you and they wipe out your money. The end. They can't get mad at you. Think they can't get mad at you? You're a good citizen? Welcome to the social credit system. And that's what's coming, folks. That's what they want to. And the elites want to implement that type of system because they see it works so well in China for the Chinese authorities that they're controlling their people, controlling the flow of information, controlling what you hear and see and, and uh, know to be true. And that's what they want to do in this country. And... So far, they haven't been able to squelch a lot of it. They're trying. At every turn, leftists try and cancel people like Joe Rogan recently was the most uh, recent victim of it. And, you know, they've tried to cancel people like Dr. Mercola, uh, other people that, that are trying to show the world that ivermectin is a good thing that there's therapeutics that work against this covid disease you don't need to take a shot that's unproven un truly untested they've done a couple minor studies with it but that's it it's not a vaccine people it's a shot just like the flu shot and there's no uh understanding of what the long-term effects are of this thing for people i worry my daughter's not ever going to be able to have a child um after taking this thing And I, I just, yeah, it's sickening what, what the elites are doing in this country and in other places, trying to, to separate vaccinated from unvaccinated. And I just, I go back to 1939, you know, nearly 100 years ago when Germany did all this stuff to Jewish people. And what a, what a crime against humanity it is. And I'm hoping more and more people will wake up to, to smell the reality of that. So, 
you know, beyond all that, though, you know, God has said in his word that at some point this type of stuff is going to happen. There's going to be one world government. You're going to have to take a mark to buy and sell things. And it's not, it's not a, uh, um, it's not something we should be surprised with. You know, people who do not know the Lord are uh, evil just like the people who do. But they don't have the Spirit of God dwelling in them to act as a moral compass. They have a conscience. I believe God has given everybody a conscience. But at some point, you can sear that conscience to a point where it doesn't, doesn't phase you anymore to do evil things. And I think there's a fair amount of that going on. And especially when you, you put your trust and faith in things like evolution long enough, um, you know, the, you have to come to a conclusion, well, what's the point? If the strongest survive or if there's really no point to this whole thing, what do, why do I care what happens in this situation or that situation? So I think that's what some of these folks get to. And it, it, the Bible even says in Romans 1 that people get turned over to a depraved mind. And we see depravity being li lifted up as uh, truth and goodness and, oh, people just love each other and this and that. Well, this should be normal. Why is everybody so giving these guys a hard time? And you can fill in the blank with a lot of different things there. But know that Christ is true. Christ is king. Christ is the one that's going to come back someday and set everything right. And so those of us who do put our faith and trust in him, we have somewhere to look, somewhere to hope in, somewhere to go, you know what, no matter how ugly it gets in this world, um, A, I'm not taking the shot because my faith is in something else. God knows my last day in this earth. I do not. But I'm not going to try and avoid my last day on this earth by taking a shot that's, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't prevent anything. Supposedly it, it makes it so you're not as sick, but in reality, you're going to end up being less immune to other things because of it. And there's a lot of proof for that, that they don't want you to hear. So anyway, have a blessed day. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ if you do not know him. Uh, get a Bible, get a Bible app, uh, email us at ehudititsareligion.org, and we'll be happy to help you. Uh, and read the book of John, read uh, the Bible, and, and get to know this great God who made you and who sustains this life and who's coming back one day. So have a blessed day, everybody. We'll catch you uh, the next time. things like me and her on a porch swing for summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if i still got breath in these lungs then that's all i need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mind